Generations Church exists to glorify God in our community, to make disciples of Jesus, and to multiply churches so that the next generation is equipped to glorify God better than we did. All right, I think we're live. Welcome to the Generations Church podcast. And that obnoxious welcome or we're live or whatever is because I never do the intro. We trust other people with smart things like that. But hey, welcome. I'm Jeff Luddington. I'm a lead pastor at Generations Church. Today, I'm hanging out with my buddy, Pastor Scotty Hines. He is yo, here yo. with me. Yep. Hello, everybody. We'll say hello to everybody. What's up, y'all? All right. That's all you get. So uh, <laughs> we, uh, we just finished. It's uh, What is today? Today is uh, April 30th. We just yep. finished recording episode 32 of our Guilt, Grace, and Gratitude series, which is where we work through uh, what we're calling modern day themes and connections to the Heidelberg Catechism. And so if you're unfamiliar with that, Heidelberg Catechism was written 450 years ago. It's a way of training Christians and uh, educating them in their faith. And so we're taking something almost, you know, I mean, like relatively 500 years old, and we're tying it into modern day stuff. But mm. at the end of each episode, my good friend here, Pastor Scott, he says, we release a new episode every Tuesday, and then once in a while, we release a special episode on Thursday, sometimes a random conversation, hint, hint, Pastor Jeff, and then he wrapped <laughs> us up, and we shut it off, and uh, just saying, you know, we hadn't done one in a while, and as to, after we shut everything off, uh, we started talking about our own devotional lives, and yeah. uh, I threw the brakes on and said, you know what, this would be a good one. This would be yeah. one where we can have this conversation about our personal devotional lives with God. Um, things we probably don't, because we call them personal, maybe we don't talk about them a whole lot. So, um, man, we were talking about a study that I'm doing, our prayers, journaling. We were talking about journaling, yeah. not something we always do, but we're both doing right now for different reasons and different ways. Um, so let me just, uh, let me open up with, uh, Scott, what is, what does your personal life with Jesus in its devotional, the disciplines part, what does that look like today? What, what is, what is working for you? <clears throat> so I have really, really, really committed my mornings. My wife leaves, my wife starts work at six in the morning. So I'm up at pretty much 445 to 5 PM every day. There's just no way of getting around it. So there's a lot of time you can easily waste. So what I, what I started doing is I really just carved out and it's hard because I own my own business and it's real. So this is, this is a twofold. This is one. I am trying my best to put my business in the hands of God because worldly wisdom would tell me hustle, get up and hustle, get your stuff in order. And I get that. Mm -hmm. I, I try my best to hustle, um, but I'm trying to keep it in a box. Like I don't need to overdo this. God will bless this as long as I give it the proper attention but I want my soul to have the proper attention. So what I've done is I've committed this 6 a.m. because I, I pick her Jeep up and I, we live in an apartment. So I go get the Jeep for her and I, I get it close to the house or the, the room apartment. So she goes, she usually leaves around 5.40. That gives me between that time and I say, since the kids are out, um, 7.30ish, I just stay mm -hmm. committed, man. And I just journal, I write down and I, you know, sometimes it's, sometimes it's hard. Sometimes I'm like, God, I hate this. Sure. I can't. Why can't our walk just be a little different? It's just an honest time of reflection with the Lord. Um, and I'm enjoying it. I have, I have had committed to reading all the minor prophets and journaling them, what God is speaking to me in them. And then also with the book of Galatians, I'm teaching. So I like to read that. And then um, 
just try to write everything down. I've had this weird thought that <clears throat> what if everything grenaded? Like, what if so this is why I'm writing everything? I'm like, I want to have everything in journals. And there's a pastor in the 829 or in our, in our network. He does that. He writes all his sermons on journals. I don't remember his name, but anyhow, he's a Long Beach dude. That's a good church out there. I can't remember his name though. Uh, but like, what if everything went to poo? All this digital stuff we have no access to. Man, all my thoughts and, and uh, they're biblical thoughts and uh, they're on paper. And uh, who knows, man, in a hundred years, what this paper may do. That's the kind of thinking I have, man. I just, <laughs> it's really caused me to just put my thoughts on paper because I really feel like we're in a season where God is not only speaking, he is like speaking through a megaphone. Okay. So let me, let me, I want to ask some questions. So currently you're reading through the minor prophets. So if you're listening today and you're either, you're not a Christian or you're not super familiar with the Bible. And I know a lot of, a lot of contemporary modern Christians are very new Testament based. So this is the last 12 books of the old Testament and they're short prophetic statements uh, from uh, prophetic writing, excuse me, from prophets that lived uh, between I think the oldest being seven or 800 years before Christ, all the way back to Malachi, about 400 years before Christ. Yeah. And so they are the final people speaking uh, to the cultures around them on behalf of God. We, and we always talk about a prophet is someone who speaks God's truth with God's authority, most often to God's people, sometimes the culture around, but not most, most times to God's people. So you're reading through those very un, uh, commonly unused books in the modern church today and you're journaling your thoughts through them and so yeah. um uh, you and i joked about this talking about this earlier i did a series on the minor prophets a long time ago called 12 angry men right. and uh, sometimes that's how they come across man they're just you can hear the frustration in their voices so as you're going through this what kinds of things uh, is god saying to you or how is god using this to enrich your life right now oh uh, I'll give you a great example. <clears throat> so uh, the book of Haggai. I don't know if I can do a, a great, can you just give me a medium example? I'm not ready. It's it's still early. No, man, <laughs> give me the great example. All right, let's hear it. So Haggai. Okay. So um, first off, for, yes, the prophets always come off angry, right? And they always have this, um, they always have this um, um, kind of, you said like a little angry man. But what I've started to notice through them is, dude, you see a lot of how the church, or excuse me, how God's people would respond uh, to to God's teaching and God's condemning or, or judging his people. And he's, so I'm really in the strip where I'm seeing how people respond, his people. And that's one thing that's different about the minor prophets. You get a lot of, of his people responding, like repenting. And, you know, you think of Jonah where he made the callous fast. But um, so the book of Haggai, really quick, uh, the people had just gotten back from captivity and they started to work on the temple a little and then they forsook it and they all went and built beautiful homes. And like, ah, we don't really need to build the temple because, Look at God must be happy with us. Our homes are beautiful. Right. So I'm reading that and I'm writing modern, you know, modernizing it because the old that Testament would never is, happen in modern day America, right? Ah, well, that's what I pick out. It's like, hey, man, I really see that um, we don't work on the spirit enough. We work on our moral structures. We make sure our home is correct. We make sure that everything we have is in order. But yet our spirit, we're, we're willing to neglect. Uh, and we forget that the Bible says that we are now the temple of the Holy Spirit. So that application in Haggai went from a corporate structure to an individual structure, something we're responsible to. In Christ, he has made us the temple of the Holy Spirit. So there is a tending that we need to uh, practice for our spirit. And that's more like, <clears throat> I look at that and, and I say, okay, God, you're speaking to me about working and growing myself 
spiritually. And so, I want to pick up on that. Um, that's really good. So you, so right now, again, I, we were, we're recording this on the last day of April. We're in Southern California. So what that means for the rest of the world is we're still on lockdown for coronavirus, right? We're still on stay-at-home orders in our, in our, in our state. Some are beginning to open back up. Um, in the county that we border, you and I are both on the edge of LA County, bordering Orange yeah. County. Some of the Orange County beaches opened up last weekend. And I'm going to say this incredibly politely, stupid people ruined it for the rest of us. And uh, everybody did things beyond what they were allowed to do. And now they're shutting the beaches back down again. So that's as probably as polite as I can be. Uh, just people just took advantage of it. You know what I mean? And so now all the, we just got a memo today, man, all beaches, all state parks are shut down. And we're like, ah, oh, bummer. So we were just starting to see some daylight. Like maybe we could get out in public again. Uh, I say all that to say right now work is tough, right? And so this is not, uh, you're in the pool business, backyard business, landscaping, things like that. Summer as we're, it feels like summer right now. It's, you know, warm out and I've been out by the pool. This is a, this is a big season for you in your business normally. But with coronavirus, you've been, uh, you'd been on an unemployment for a bit, man. And things had slowed way, way down for you. Now you have opportunity for work. Natural tendency inside every one of us is to, uh, I, I would, you, what was the word you said? It wasn't scramble, uh, hustle. Was it hustle? Yeah, hustle. Hustle, work really hard. Get up, man. You're up early. The wife gets off to work, man. Start grinding right now, man. Let's make some money. But what you said is God is having you slow down, spend time with him first. And I know, and we don't have to get into this, but I know God is also blessing you in work. But you are being called by God right now to slow down, spend time with God. Is that accurate? Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and in that, God is speaking. Yes. That's cool. And you loudly. said loudly, you said like, you know, like with a megaphone, right? Yeah. Yeah. So for me, man. Uh, yeah. Talk to me, man. You were sharing something. I don't want to. Tell, oh, I just want people to hear. Did you drop that rooted stuff? Because you got five high schoolers. Someone's a former youth pastor. That yeah. dude, what you're doing is epic. Please share that rooted thing with me, and then we can get into your devotional life. <laughs> yeah. So, um, well, I'm doing a couple things for my devotional life. One of them is rooted, and uh, if you're unfamiliar with rooted, it's a it's a book. It's a curriculum. Uh, it's um, it's written from a different perspective uh, on discipleship in. Western American normal discipleship, we have a tendency towards uh, head knowledge and, and believing that head knowledge will inform us. And it, the ultimate goal is that, that that head knowledge should transform us. And I don't think anybody heads into discipleship thinking, all I got to do is know more. We really want to see it transform our lives. But Western American discipleship tends to aim at the head and the hope that the rest will follow. And so consider passages like, uh, you know, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, strength. So mind is in there. Mind should be a facet of it. Rooted is written from a um, from the other side of the world, literally, uh, written with some pastors in Africa. They partnered with some pastors in California, but they're really, it's written from a very different cultural perspective. And what it's aimed at is practicing our faith. And I've used the example of this. Uh, you and I both are into martial arts. And uh, we like the discipline of martial arts. 
And there's two things we can do. There's more than two, but I'm going to give two examples. One, we can watch YouTube videos or read a book about how to triangle choke somebody, right? Or how to, you know, guard against something, right? You know, a bow and arrow choke or whatever, right? So we could do that. We could read about it. But the thing we really need to do to get good at it, right? That's just head information. We read about it. But the thing we need to do is go hit the gym and choke each other, right? Like we got to get out of that. Like we got to try it out in real life, in real time with real responses. That's what Rooted is. It is a bit of Bible study. It has a couple questions to it, but it's really about practicing your faith. It has you write out a prayer every day. Just like you said, you're journaling. I don't journal a lot. I always want to journal a lot, but it's the thing that I end up not doing. It's one of those things like you start off in January with a commitment to the new year to journal more. Right. And that works until about February. You know, by Valentine's Day, you're not doing it. So this is rooted is aimed at creating daily rhythms in your life. So I'm doing that. I'm still doing my normal. I love to pray through the Psalms. And so that's what I do each morning. I get up early like you do. Whatever my first thing is, I get up two hours ahead of that. No matter what that means, there's only one exception. I have a 5 a.m. men's group where we read and study the Bible and pray together. So I don't get up two hours before that. But on every other day, I get up two hours early so I can spend time with God before I begin the rest of my life, right? And yeah. so um, so I've, I've been praying through the Psalms. I've been doing stuff, but then I've been doing Rooted. And so we have about 115, I, it's, it, I believe it is 115 people at Generations signed up and doing Rooted across several groups. And I have the privilege of leading two groups. One is a group of adults um, from like kind of all faith maturity levels. And then I also am leading a group of high school students. Yesterday, I met with my high school students and uh, uh, from freshman to senior, and uh, they committed to, not only did they commit to Rooted, which is practicing disciplines of the faith five days a week. And the five days a week is for this. They figured then your sixth day is your, is your group day and your seventh day is church. And so that gives you seven days a week that you have practices, rhythms with God. Nice. But my high school students, man, and I, I don't say that with any, this was them, not me. I gave them lots of choices. I put ideas in front of them. And here's what they did. They committed to, in, a, in about a week and a half, they committed to doing a 24-hour fast from food. They're going to do a bit of fasting from all screen time. And uh, in other words, their devices, their phones, their social media. They're going to fast from that. And we're going to break our 24-hour fast. Now, again, coronavirus, right? So we're not meeting in person. We're meeting on Zoom. Um, but we're going to end our fast with an hour-long prayer experience where we're going to pray individually. We're going to do some prayer walking outside in our own neighborhood. We're going to get back on Zoom. We're going to break into boys in one room, girls in the other, and pray together. And then we're going to get together as a whole group and pray for pray with everyone in the group. Here's what I asked them. I said, hey, how comfortable with you are, are you in prayer? Each of them pretty much said they're comfortable praying to God alone. And uh, one said, in my head when I pray to God, meaning she doesn't pray out loud, like when she prays and, and talks to God, but silently, super comfortable. When I went to, how are you with praying uh, in a group or like with your family or with some friends or in this group or whatever? And they said, well, that's when they get a little nervous. And one of them just said, it was really honest, like, well, I don't feel like I'm the best prayer. I don't even know what the best prayer means, but I'm not the best prayer, right? And she, For sure. she was just honest, man, yeah. right? Yeah. 
and uh, man, and and uh, I had no joke. I had a I had a conversation with a friend of mine last night that's in uh, co-leads my adult group with me. He said the same things. Like, well, I don't know if I'm the best prayer, right? And I said, that's so funny. We all have this in common. But anyhow, my high school students, I love them. They are so excited. They're so on fire for Jesus. They are going to do this 24-hour fast, and we're going to break our fast with an hour-long prayer experience together, uh, not this coming weekend, not starting tomorrow, but in a week. And so uh, Mother's Day weekend, actually. And so we're going to gather, and we're going to press into them praying by themselves, with each other, in a group. Uh, and so really cool. So for me, yeah. man, my time with God, um, I, I had some struggles. I used to, I used to have a solid, amazing prayer life. And then, um, and you know this, but you know, people listening may not. When Lisa got really, really sick, I had years of praying for healing and just praying, God, help my wife, help my wife, help my wife. And I, and I came to a place where I would get up early in the morning and I would sit on the couch, still dark out. And I ran out of words to pray to God. I just really, like, God, I've said everything I can think of. Like, I don't even know what to say. And it was really because my heart and my prayer life was dependent upon an outcome, right? Mm. And thank God for his grace, man, and for my stubbornness, because I continued to show up. And uh, God met me in that. And he really, really helped me understand how do I continue to see God as good, even when my prayers aren't uh, being answered the way or in the time that I want them. And wow. uh, one thing that we're, we're focusing on is prayer is aligning us with God. And yes, God says, if you have a need or if you lack wisdom, or there's all kinds of verses that tell you, please pray, right? Do pray, you know? And if you need healing, man, gather the elders and pray. And so we do all that and we believe all that. But yeah. prayer is so much greater. I asked the kids yesterday, they're young, they're young, old kids, young adults, whatever you want to call them, man, uh, from 14 to 18 is with it, where they are. And um, I said, man, the, the creator of the universe, right? If I wanted to voice my opinion about coronavirus lockdown and said, hey, I want to call Gavin Newsom, chances of him taking my call are probably zero, right? If I said, okay, well, I'm going to go over his head, maybe, whatever you want to call that. And I'm going to call President Trump, right? Donald Trump. Chances of him taking my call, probably zero, right? Because they're busy men. They're men of authority, men who have a lot to do, and they probably wouldn't take my call. But the God who created both of them and gives them breath wants to hear from me. That is a powerful and profound understanding of prayer, that the God who created everything, who is greater than our governor, greater than our president, greater than the world, that God wants to hear my voice and that God wants to speak to me. And so th that's what's been changing my life, man. Uh, Rooted has been really cool, and I'm not schlepping that book. I don't get anything from it, man. I've enjoyed it. But it does. It asks you to write out prayers each day, and it guides you and directs you in prayer. So I've got the Psalms I'm praying through and thinking through. I've got questions. I've been reading the Bible, man. And I just feel right now like this season has been slower and fruitful. You know, I was thinking of um, <clears throat> when you were sharing that about Lisa and praying and all those years, I thought of Jacob. I thought of mm -hmm. Jacob when he wrestles with God. And the reason why I thought of him is because uh, it appears God allowed you to walk that road and it was a hip dislocation. And what I mean by that, those of you listening, Jacob was never the same, both spiritually and physically. It had a huge impact on him wrestling with God. And uh, I bet you from that time forward, your spirituality probably increased. You've accepted reality as opposed to God changed my reality. Now, how do I minister in my reality? It became a new avenue for you. It became life, even though it's difficult. 
Um, man, and I, you would have never got there without prayer. I don't care how much right. knowledge you have of scripture, man. Um, so that's beautiful. That, that, that's encouraging. I'm glad you shared that. You didn't show that earlier off, yeah. off recording. That's a, no, that's a lot to me, man. That's that why I want to do me. this. Yeah. I want to grow in these areas, you know? Yeah, I, I'm with you. I want to, and so I will tell you what I've learned and what Lisa has said. Um, when I was passionately and uh, persistently praying for uh, healing for Lisa, God was healing her in many ways. It wasn't exactly what I was praying for. And I was so uh, myopically focused on what I wanted that I was missing what God was doing. And uh, Lisa, Lisa would tell you this, and these are words she has said to me. And so um, I still pray for healing. Every day I pray for her, I pray with her. I never fail to uh, continue to ask for healing, uh, pray for relief when the pain is really high, um, when other things, you know, we, we do that. But we are also always thanking God. And I get to see now what God is doing and has done in her. And it's unique, man. And so I don't listen, by all means, I still struggle. And I'm still human. And I still sometimes struggle to reconcile um, her struggles and my faith. And those are all in me, man. I, God is still good. God is still healer. God is still sovereign. Uh, our salvations, our faith, they're all still intact. Uh, but every once in a while, I get up all up in my, in my own head about why God doesn't, you know, perform when I call him to perform like a little yeah. child monkey, you know, <laughs> and uh, that's, and he reminds me that's because he's God and I'm more like the trained monkey, except I'm not very well trained. Yeah, right. You're the monkey, uh, Toy Story. That's the one, um, aggro monkey. Yeah, you know, that's, that's cool, man, because I have been, um, so without getting into detail yet, I'm sure we'll get into more detail as uh, we progress in the future. But like God is like transforming like my vision, right? Like what he's called me yeah. to. And at first it was very, no, I can't. We have to merge the two. And um, finally came this realization, okay, I am wrong. I am 100% wrong. And I've been on this little, this little path that seems, it's just a little different than most. Um, not, not bad at all. It's been amazing. And I've been like denying these things that I think thought forever was like my calling and what I'm supposed to be doing. And I've just taken this step. Okay, I'm going to sit here in this devotional world and going to share a little on YouTube. Um, because to be honest with you, if I could get honest on this, I didn't necessarily think my family is a good family and I think they're a godly family, but I don't, um, I was never really happy with the structures in my mm -hmm. home. And so I've taken this new path and oh my gosh, it's been pulling teeth. Don't get me wrong. And there's been moments where I'm like, all this is stemming from my devotional life, right? Cause it's getting me through this. I'm like, am I making the right decisions, Lord? Did you get into just tension in the home and you are shifting your home literally 180 degrees. Yeah. You question yourself, man. And uh, the devotion life has led me, like, has allowed me to push and push and maintain in faith. Now I have Claudia. She's, um, she's teaching now. I was like, whoa, I came home. She said, I got this message I want to share um, after church on Sunday. I'm like, okay. So we watched your live stream. We did some lunch and some ceviche. And um, she, she's my, yeah, she's my, and I'm watching my wife grow spiritually. Uh, yeah. But I also, I've also encountered a new ripple. Okay. And, um, it's been warfare. This is, this is going to sound weird. Please, uh, those of you who know me know uh, how much I, I love my son, but I've had this ripple with him and it seems like I'm never on the right, and I'm always I'm never on the right track with him and I'm always misunderstanding him. And it's me. And I don't know how to get out of it. And I'm not sure. And so I'm praying right now. If you're listening, you know, um, keep praying from this area because I yeah. seem to be treating him like my brother treated me, kind of like pick on him. 
Mm. And uh, not like a hold on jerk, but it's just, it's yeah, not the godly father that I want to be. And so uh, that's powerful. That's God's, that God's growing me and I for a reason. And I don't know yet, but he's really showing me that. And, uh, all that stuff is being, you know, pushed through through my devotional life. I couldn't do without it. So let me tie this up, man. Uh, let me, let me kind of wrap and, and kind of, I was kind of combining two images, wrapping it up and tying a bow. Anyhow, so whatever it is, <laughs> let me, uh, we got to wrap the president and put the bow on it. There we go. It all made sense now. All right, cool. So uh, total cohesive thought. Uh, the, um, our devotional lives, we maybe, um, uh, and maybe there's just a, a flaw I've seen in myself or maybe in others, I don't know. But uh, for what it's worth, it seems like our devotional life, we're like, okay, this is going to draw us nearer to God. This is going to make things better, stronger, more powerful, good. Okay, so we see them as positive things, and I would absolutely say they are. But what happens in as we draw nearer to God is sin in us is revealed, right? So it's not like, hey, I pray more and my day is going to be perfect. Or if I read the Bible and I pray and I do this little bit of journaling, cool, man, today's going to go great. I'm going to have more business. Ministry is going to be great. My kids are going to be great. Everything's going to be great. Well, what you, what you said, man, beautiful illustration, right, is the entire foundation is shifting. Just imagine, right? The entire house, your entire house, right, is, uh, is on, it's built on concrete, right? It's on a foundation dug into the dirt, into the earth, right? In order to move that, you're fighting everything. You're fighting everything in the world to change the foundation because our foundations, apart from Christ, are all on sin, right? They're all on self or, you know, misdirected things of the world and now as we build our foundations on christ and things shift there's going to be pushback there's going to be struggle and as we draw near as we draw nearer to god um god doesn't i mean we may understand god better it may change our, our understanding of god but god doesn't change what is required to change is us and so it's going to reveal us so i i kind of confessed if you will my need in prayer for god to do what i wanted right? You confessed as God is speaking to you, you're seeing uh, a way that you are acting with your son whom you love dearly, that God is calling you to change. And so if you're listening today, man, I'm going to wrap up with this, that this is Pastor Scott and I, this is just chatting, man, we didn't script this out. In fact, we, we had an idea of where we're going to go and we didn't even do it. So um, for what it's worth, this is our devotional life right now. This is what God is speaking to us. Um, and uh, uh, I didn't really get into what God is speaking to me. I kind of went backwards, but God is just really impressing upon me that, um, and I'm an academic. I am a nerd. I love it. That's my life. But God is saying the practice of your faith is more important than just being smart about your faith. And so we're both living that out and it is imperfect. It is Man, it reveals our own sins, and we have to walk through our sin and repent of our sin. And man, even the attack of the enemy, maybe it just lights those fires. As we press in closer to God, the enemy wants to pull us away. And so, and neither one of us, you guys know us, man, neither of us are super Pentecostally charismatic -y kind of guys that are always talking about Satan and demons and everything else. But it's true, man. We, we are in a spiritual war. And uh, we're in a war against our flesh and we're in our war against the spirit and, uh, and evil. And so that kind of war, when you engage in battle, which is your, your, your devotional time with God, uh, sometimes it just feels like a fight, but it's a good thing and it's a good fight and it's an encouraging fight. Scott, I'm going to button this up, man. Anything to close with you want to say?
You're muted though, buddy. That's yes, a real Zoom God, moment right there. That's a real Zoom moment. My kids are, uh, are up and thriving right now. Um, and they're letting it be known. I would say one thing um, is uh, George Mueller. Uh, look him up. Yeah, He's an ancient yeah, yeah. saint from, from England, the 1800s. He says that God will never give you faith unless he wants to test it. I found that to be more true than ever. And as you are growing in Christ, you will be tested. It's only to bless, uh, to be a blessing to those around you. So anyhow, thank you so much for listening to another edition of our Generations uh, Church podcast. We release a new episode of our Guilt, Grace, and Gratitude series every Tuesday. And hey, you just got exposed to another special uh, uh, episode that we released with Pastor Jeff and I, where we just talk about our faith. If you like what we're doing here, please let us know. It means the world to us. Um, write us a review and give us a share. All that stuff is encouraging and just continues to spread the truth and get people talking and thinking about Jesus. Thank you so much for listening. Take care and God bless y'all. For more information, visit our website at ginfamily.church. G-E-N family.church. You can also follow our social media accounts at Jin Family Church.